Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another broadcast of Obstruction to Justice. Now, you know the uh, format, Obstruction to Justice. We get a chance to talk about news, current events, uh, special reports, politics. Uh, We get to talk about uh, local news here in the greater Kansas City, Missouri area, and of course, my favorite business. So uh, chime in and hang out and uh, share your thoughts uh, and your discoveries about, um, you know, the topics now uh, of the day. And uh, if you just want to jump in and and chime in and share something that is not quite on the board, that's cool too. You know, Uh, I think the main thing that we're looking to do today is share. Yeah. So feel free to do that. And uh, uh, my name is Ann Moles. If I haven't mentioned, I'm Ann Moles and welcome to the broadcast. Yeah. You know, so a lot has been going on since, uh, of course, there always is a lot going on. I don't want to mention too much kind of out of what the scope of what we're going to be talking about today. But uh, I think uh, one of the things that I want to you know, you know, mention is, hey, you know, what, what happened in Afghanistan? What in the world? What a mess. What, you know, it reminds me of the fall of Saigon. Now, I was a very young person during that time, but I was still old enough to know what was happening uh, and that we were at war in Vietnam. And the fall of Saigon in 1975 happened and it was on the news and everything. But, you know, we had our own struggles here in the United States, even though Vietnam, we were in Vietnam. We had our own struggles here uh, in the United States. We had the the, uh, Black Power movement that was going on, uh, the anti-war movement that was going on. And, um, you know, the, what it, coming of age, you know, people burning their bras and, you know, a lot of the freedom, freedom movement, you know, that's kind of what I remember too. Uh, But as far as the actual war at Vietnam, I wasn't old enough to go and none of my friends were old enough to go. But I know that there's some people out there that uh, have hung out with us that were probably old enough to go. And, you know, if you want to chime in and share what you remember about that time, the war of Vietnam and, you know, in reference to what happened at the end, because to me, it sounds like the, the same stuff. It's like, <laughs> like easy says, look, same old stuff tonight, you know, uh, where it fell, you know, the Afghanistan, they pulled out, of, pulled the troops the United States troops out of Afghanistan and those that were loyal to the side of uh, America, you know, they, um, they were left, you know, a lot of them were left, you know, we saw pictures. I know you guys have seen the pictures out there. I don't know how true it is, you know, saw the uh, different huge 
the huge airplanes that were uh, there looked like cargo planes where they were packed with uh, human beings, you know, all the little heads there. Now, you know, I, I work with Photoshop a lot. I don't know if it was Photoshopped or what, whether or not it was true or not. But we did see the reports where people were clamoring to get on the United States aircraft that was pulling out because um, the United States were, they were leaving Afghanistan. And uh, some people, from what I understand, some of the reports, people were trapped. They had made it uh, on the plane, but were trapped. You know, you know, they had to have probably lost their lives or the plane was taking off. We've heard all kinds of reports. But I think the main thing is after 20 years, the longest war that the United States has been a part of after 20 years of war, they just left, <laughs> you know, uh, all of the, from what I understand, a lot of the, the equipment that the American, uh, the American people paid for, which I'm not even tripping off that, you know, there are people that are warmongers, companies that that's all they do. War is big business. Yeah, I said it. It sure certainly is. War is big business. That was one of the biggest businesses there was, especially in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk about war or whatever. And we'll talk about drugs here in a minute because, you know, there's a fake war on drugs. There was a fake and there's still a fake war on drugs um, campaign that um, really is is not working and it never was intended to work. But, you know, the equipment and now the Taliban has it, you know, they're keeping some people there. And uh, as far as the country's concerned, they're keeping some of the head leadership there in place. And I don't know what they're doing with with some of it, you know, some of the others, but we definitely want to keep the people in prayer, the people in Afghanistan in prayer, uh, they are human beings. And, you know, it's just a mess. It was a mess for us to be over there. I understand the war on terror. I get it. It, it gives us an opportunity to have freedom on our borders. Um, but the way that the economy has gone, you know, freedom on our borders, I say, for how long? <laughs> That's my question. How long is it all going to last here? Um, but uh, and they said that they did make gains and that uh, women have more rights there in Afghanistan, which we know it was a very oppressive country. Um, women weren't allowed to work and uh, do things to sustain themselves as human beings. And very sad situation. I remember there were popular movies that were coming out and showing the uh, sexual uh, injustice uh, towards women, you know, because they were women, they were treated very badly. And uh, there was one movie, the name of it kind of eludes me, but uh, it was a movie about, um, you know, a woman just being the stoning, uh, the stoning of uh, this woman. And it was a very sad time, but it also happened in a very oppressed country. And, you know, I get it. It's very, very sad. We just need to keep that country up in prayer. 
and also, you know, the people, because there, there are people there. What do you do? You know, of course, uh, different nations in Africa that have already, already faced that dire situation of war-torn, being war-torn, being at war, and not having the amenities of a real life in that they live in refugee camps. You know, we've talked about that on the broadcast before. So we need to keep the people around the world up in prayer because I know, I believe it. Yes, I let it out of the bag. I said it. Yes, I am a Christian. And I know that God can change things. And we will we will definitely pray and see what we can do about it. You know, there are organizations that are doing things, philanthropy opportunities to participate and share um, resources and things like that so that people have a better, better life and to, to do better. Uh, but all of the, the sympathizers with the Americans, you know, on the side of America. So what happens when you were, uh, fighting for on the side that the same side that the Americans were fighting on. And now the Taliban is, has the country. What do you do? Well, you try to leave. Hmm. And that's kind of what happens. But now we, here's more more refugee opportunity for America here, you know. So now they're coming here. You know, it's just very confusing, very, very sad, very, very confusing. But there is hope if we can just keep people uh, up in prayer and do better for our communities. And every community that you are a part of to do better and make your community better. Um, You know, there's this uh, campaign slogan that President Biden has. It's called Build Back Better. Okay, well, you know, Build Back Better. And uh, we can take that slogan. I think it's it's fine, you know, sure. Of course, if you have a better slogan, go ahead and share that. But I always, the community and groups, and we're going to chat a little bit about that, too. But, you know, make your community better where you live. Make that better. Oh, how do we do that? Well, we definitely start with groups. And what group do we have part a part of? What group are we a part of? Just being a human being, the family. So you can make your family better. And exposing your children to uh better alternatives of choice in life, you know, where they don't have to just look at the same old things. Okay. Basketball, sports, singing, a rum shaking, all that, you know, all of those ways of uh, making money and uh, whatever. Expose your children to sciences. We should expose our children to literature so that we can broaden the intellect of, of thought and philosophy, you know, uh, the, the different, uh, more learn more of the speeches that Martin Luther King shared. That could be something. So once uh, Black History Month comes around and uh, we don't have to talk about the same old speech, the one speech, the I have a dream speech, you know, and the only part that we can remember is the part that has been uh, shared over and over again uh, where uh, black children and white children and black men and white men and Jews and Gentiles and Protestants and Catholics and well, 
get together and sing and the, like the old Negro spiritual free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty. We're free at last. I mean, more, learn more than that is the point. So we should expose our children to more of what uh, Dr. King has said and uh, more of what, uh, what uh, thinkers, the creative minds that the Lord has given our communities, um, opening up Afro-American books, African-American books, African-American inventors, learning who has done great things within the local communities, uh, not just the big names, but who's done things within the local communities around the country. There's uh, one that we're going to feature probably coming up here in the next few weeks, um, and they have a foundation that where they just bless, bless young people. So, you know, just that to me is the first nucleus, the nucleus of the family, the first group that we should look at to be a part of it. You know, not all of us have families, especially those that want to participate in, in doing better. Some people just want to go with the flow. And I think that's what we're going to talk about drugs today. And I think that's what it's kind of all about is just going with the flow, not uh, really having your own thought of life and planning, but uh, going with the flow of, okay, I'll graduate from high school, maybe go to college, maybe not, because I really haven't thought about much of anything other than, uh, you know, life. Of course, people think about marriage and family. Those are natural things to think about. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but outside of that, while you're waiting for the husband, while you're looking for the wife, you know, that kind of thing, what do you do? You should prepare, right? So prepare for uh, the opportunity of marriage and the responsibility of marriage and family. You know, I know that there are some groups, some family entities, uh, some groups that where they talk about before you get married, you know, of course, the, the man should have a good job. You know, of course, if the women have careers, have a good job or whatever, get the home first, get married first, those types of things. And uh, here's the thing. I, I know that there's a challenge here because where I'm going to share something with us here that is just mind blowing. And I saw this actually on one of the broadcasts. Um, I don't know if it was, uh, it wasn't Netflix, one of the two, two B's, but it's out here on Facebook. And I'm going to go out here and uh, let me go ahead and share that uh, broadcast here. And it kind of gave me an idea of, what what the heck is going on here? Uh, before I do that, I do want to, let's talk about power a little bit. Now, power is something that everybody, you know, thinks that they want, right? Because we even had the song, Money, Power, Respect, right? I, I think Lil' Kim sang that, but um, just different songs. And that's what uh, aggressive, you know, I'm just keeping it real. And, you know, I got the power, you know, all of the jewelry and me and my boys and what we doing and, you know, gang banging and throwing up signs and this is my turf. And, you know, but in reality, what turf do they really have? You know, they're living um, in they're not even their own homes. Most of the, the neighborhood that they claim is their turf is rented 
property. Uh, the uh, out, people outside of their community own it, so they're just renting it. And a lot of it, it may be even government subsidy. So you're talking about these rough neighborhoods, talking about power, respect, don't come on my block, all that. You know, none of that makes any sense to me. And when I saw this documentary, you know, I just shook my head. I'm like, what are you defending? What are you defending? I'm defending my block. You know, this is my block. These are my boys. I'm like, okay, uh, but it's not your block. You don't own any of the property in the block. Uh, the people that are there, it's like having your own terrorist group because what are you doing? You know, what are your boys doing? Are you protecting? Are you providing for the children there? Are you providing for the women in, on that block? Well, uh, I'm going to show you a broadcast. Now, I, this, this here is, can be, propaganda, you know, but I believe that there is still, there's a lot of truth to it. There, it could be considered overblown hmm, of what, what this is, the no-go zones. Now, this got a lot of views out there. Um, it's free documentary or whatever, no-go zones, world's toughest places. Now, this place is in Ghost Town, South Africa, okay, and what this uh, this community is, uh, this is uh, the block, right? This is where you have uh, the gang there that is uh, making sure no one comes on their block. They're running things. And really, their main source of income are drugs, right? So, you know, one of the things, uh, reasons why I hear some of the stories of young men getting pulled over who are driving nice cars is they're like, okay, well, I know this black man can't uh, afford this nice car unless he's selling drugs, right? Because there's there must be some type of system in place or expectation or some, this has to be going on around the world and around the United States or whatever to where that's just in the thought mind, the process of thinking where uh, police and others, uh, where they do the racial profiling. Well, of course he can't afford this. You know, he must be selling drugs. So they pull him over and pull him out of the car and everything. And then they search the car for drugs. Well, it's not that far off in that uh, if they know that the system has been set up so that that's how, uh, people of color in communities <laughs> uh, feed themselves. Huh? That's the choice that, that's been made. Mm -hmm. Well, here, the no-go zones. It's called the toughest, uh, world's toughest places. And this is in uh, Ghost Town, South Africa. Now, this is Mitchell's Plain Township in South Africa. Now, this place here, they were saying that miles, not that many miles away is where the rich, affluent, uh, you see the condos, the high-rise condos, you know, they have a picture or image or have video of people doing yoga on the beach and, you know, the nice cars and everything just right over the way. Now, that's kind of how, isn't that how Washington, D.C. is set, huh? 
you, you, blocks away, just a few blocks away from the capital, from all of the, uh, the wealth and the decision-making and the power of the United States of America, just right over the way, a few blocks is poverty, impoverished neighborhoods, crime, uh, and devastation where people live. Well, it's not so different even here in the greater Kansas City area because our, uh, uh, we see that here too. Now, it depends on where you're living. Now, it's east, it's considered east or west of Troost. If you live west of Troost, then you live in a upperly mobile uh, neighborhood. It's a little bit better, you know, you know, homes still may be older, but they, um, that people have jobs and they're taken care of and their homes are well built and you have businesses and amenities there. Amenities meaning, okay, I can go to the store. I can go to the, to, um, the, uh, uh, drugstore or whatever, and different that yeah, I can go to the gas station. There are amenities outside of the uh, different gas. Well, you have a quick trip, which is a great gas station company that sells different things in there. You get your drinks and stuff like that, and it's clean. And so you have different amenities west of Truce. Well, east of Truce is where uh, the it's you could tell the lines of segregation is the point and we talked about redlining before so you can uh, tell the lines of segregation because uh, there aren't any businesses and i've done some uh, door knocking before some door hanging and uh, door knocking and talking to people before and i remember being in an area where i couldn't eat, there was no public place to even use the restroom Right. So this uh, segregation, this uh, redlining where the businesses aren't there um, is still there to the point to where you can tell the difference, even <laughs> in 2021. Well, this no go zone, I'm just going to play just a just a little bit of the intro here is uh, is what's going on here in South Africa. This they call it the ghost town, South Africa. Let's check it out for a minute. Ghost Town, a deadly no-go zone, ruled by the ugly Americans. Go kill someone and go come back. No more for me. Murderers and hitmen, led by a boss who rules with an iron fist. Even the police fear for their lives. Straight through, straight through, straight through. As they hunt for weapons, drugs, and murderers. Almost everyone in Ghost Town is violent, addicted to drugs, and willing to do anything to experience the next kick. No All right. Um you know, I shared that I'm not a shock jock at all. Okay. That's not the intent. And, you know, I, I don't, this was a free documentary. This was where someone, you know, even the people in the documentary shared their stories. And if you listen to the stories there, they're not stories of, um, of hope. They're stories of desperation. And maybe, you know, sometimes people feel if they tell their story, someone will hear them and there'll be change in their lives. Some, someone will help them. Um, but 
one thing about this ghost town, the leader in this ghost town, his name is Dimes. That's his nickname. They call him Dimes. And one thing that he had bragged about is that all of the people who, uh, the men, these were men, okay, that were part of this gang. And it's, it was called, the, they're called the Americans, Huh? And you see the gang members and they have the red, white, and blue flags and everything is red, white, and blue. You know, that just, <laughs> that really, I was very sad when I saw that. I mean, they're call, calling themselves the Americans. These, uh, and they're in a community that is devastated. There's no uh, way to make money as far as income is concerned. They're, uh, they're strung out on the drugs, the, the meth is the main drug there. They're drug dealers. That's what they do, this gang. Uh, and, and then they're there to, it seems to oppress. They oppress the community. They're not lifting the community up. I don't know a gang that does lift the community up. I haven't heard a well, gang. Come on. Okay, gang. What are you? You're carrying pistols. You're carrying weapons. People are dying. Uh, your women are being, um, uh, abused and, and, uh, neglected children are being neglected. They're neglecting themselves. They're abusing themselves with drugs, uh, doing things that are, you know, murder. What's that? I mean, I thought that we are to live. That's, that's really what God wants us to do. Right. I mean, because he put us here for a reason and that's to live. But then here, these gangs are perpetuating death. I don't care if you are keeping it real. What, what real are you keeping? This is what I don't understand. And here in Cape Town, uh, South Africa, this Mitchell's Plain Township, this guy Dimes brags about that these men, he gave a percentage, I, I'm, I'm saying 90%, if not 99% of the people that work with him, work for him, were strung out on drugs. He said that in that documentary. Okay. So, and it's like, okay, he was, was he proud about it? Well, what that does, drugs, the drugs allows for him to control, hmm, to have the power over the man. So these men are giving their power away for drugs and, and fake power, fake power, self-murder, uh, suicide, and murder of the communities. Hmm? So that if you have a, I'm, I'm not saying go out there and check it out because I don't want to sit up and, and have that uh, hit. It already hit 4 million. I think the one, the no-go zone where they talked about Detroit hit 7 million already as far as views are concerned. But as far as educational purposes, if if you want to kind of know what's going on, these people aren't sounding all happy and balling to me. <laughs> no, no way. They're not sounding happy. They're not balling. And, you know, when it comes to drugs, if you look at the drugs and the job, drugs and the job, if you can get a job and keep a job, if you can get a job, I'm just going to say that I know how difficult it is to get opportunities 
you know, being even in business, you still, you still have to compete. You have to do the dog and pony show and show what you can do. You still have to sell yourself when it comes to explaining what it is that you do so that people get the idea and would want, want to hire you. Okay. So don't think that on whatever level you're on, you're going to have to compete. You're going to have to be the best that you can be. And then I don't care if you're competing for the McDonald's or the Burger King. Okay. So one, no, one, no, they hired somebody else. Keep on looking, keep on knocking on the doors because the Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be open. Okay. Check it out. Do that. Don't give up. You know, one thing that that um, I believe that these people have lost is their courage, their courage. It takes courage to live. It takes courage to go ask, seek, knock, get up and go to work every day. Once you do get the job, come home and raise the children that you have or come home and just uh, participate and volunteer to make your community better. That takes courage. That to me is the big baller. That's the one, the shot caller, because the shots that they're calling, they're saying, look, uh, regardless to what this life is, I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to be about my business, huh? I'm going to get my grip huh, the right way to where if I'm selling drugs, I, I did the math on this one time. I'm like, okay, well, for everybody that's selling all these little drugs, little drug dealer, what is he, what is he uh, giving up? You know, what is he actually making? And then compared to the risk of what he or she has to uh, be a part of. So by the time you get to adding up uh, the little money that may come in or and including the risk, even without the risk, it's still about a good job. It's still about even an okay job. You know, uh, you know, you could, I tell the story all the time. I know a person that it never made any more than $12 an hour, but they consistently made that $12 an hour. Yeah. And I'm not insulting anyone, but sure, people are worth more than that in some things of what they do. But this person may not have had the intellect. Maybe they were special needs in it. But the fact is, is that they stuck with it. The $12 an hour, uh, day in, day out, they bought their home. Uh, they they live frugal. Every time folk out there on riding lawnmowers, I'm like, bruh, I, you know, what you making? What you doing? Huh? Wasn't the best neighborhood, huh? But it was a clean. He kept the property clean, kept it neat, hmm? immaculate, even had respect. A car wasn't brand new or whatever, but the car was paid for his car responsibilities. So the thing about it is that when you have some self-respect, self-respect will take you there. I know a place. Sable Singers, look, so respect yourself. Respect yourself. That was sung by the Staple Singers. That's the kind of song and music that we grew up on, but it also gave us the focus and the drive 
to understand and the, the determination to continue and persevere and not be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Well, you know, I, I said that I was reading um, this book and I am. It's kind of hard to read some of our books because of the truth that comes from the book, which, you know, it's true. You know, if there are other people are saying the same things, the research is there. They have the numbers, the charts to show. Well, we're talking about power and there, there are different kinds of power. And it says here in the um, black labor, white uh, wealth, the search for power and economic justice here says uh, kinds of power to advance the self-interest of an individual or group. Humans use numerous kinds of power. The most common forms of power in black white relations are group power, institutional power, wealth power, numerical population power, political power and voting power. The dominant society uses power mechanisms such as government, private corporations, religious and social institutions to perpetuate its self-interest and secure and maintain control over power building resources. Black labor was a wealth builder and therefore a power generating resource that dominated society generally greatly valued and manipulate it to maintain the power generated by black labor, white society used whatever means necessary to keep blacks powerless and under control. And when you have these different no-go zones, when you have these different crime-ridden neighborhoods, then that what that is, it's a built-in oppression where there's, um, to me, uh, uh, a fallacy, some type of uh, nightmare dream that uh, things are good for you because you are uh, about your business and being a, a gang terrorist, you know, or you're murdering and drug, drug abusing and selling and all that, and you're not building up your community. Well, that power is there and that people are oppressed in it. People are living in that type of community. Well, what do the police do? Now, this, if you continue to look at that documentary, the police, they're there. They're saying that they're fighting a losing battle and, you know, they're working uh, all kinds of hours to do whatever they do can do to uh, help the community and, you know, come in and arrest. And well, anyway. That is that. And, you know, I'm just uh, just trying to educate myself. I would encourage you to educate yourself in really what's going on. All right. Now, one other thing that I found interesting in uh, Mitchell's, the Mitchell's Plain Township there in South Africa, that Mitchell's Plain Township has 300,000 people. And you're talking about the population of about of 300,000 people. Now, that's less than what we have in Kansas City, but it's still not that far off from it. Huh? The, what, the population in Kansas City. Now, of that 300,000, there was 140 murders. Yeah, 140 murders. So... Uh, that's pretty significant. You know, any life lost is terrible. But here, the Kansas City 
Metro, uh, Kansas City Metro homicides in 2020. Uh, and I got this from the KansasCity.com. That's the Kansas City Star. Uh, the KC Metro homicides in 2020 was 269, 269 homicides. Uh, what is this population in Kansas City? Uh, see, now the population in Kansas City in 2019, it's looking to be uh, 486,000. Uh, 404 people. So that was in 2019. Now there's 300,000 in in um, the South African township there. So we're looking at about 100,000 or so more. Uh, 100, about two, 186,000 more in the greater Kansas City area as far as population. Uh, so even the numbers, those numbers are just staggering when it comes to murder uh, and homicides uh, there. So as far as a community, there's always, there's, there's the answer that we, we want to provide answers. And we know that statistic, uh, the homicide rate, and it's creeping on up there even now. Uh, currently, it's uh, probably about 100, 169, I believe. So, you know, that's, that's still too many. What? So homicides in Kansas City 2021, uh, we're looking at 151 so far that, uh, according to this stat here that I see at Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com, 151. And that's pretty sad. So, and this is just, just in uh, this is August. So, well, the answer, what is the answer? Okay. The answer, of course, and I keep saying it over and over again, it's not an easy answer. It's not an easy answer. And we're talking about going back to the family and the family going back to the individual as you are, you as an individual. Mm. Uh, blessings to you, Dr. Anthony. Clark, blessings to you. As an individual, what can you do to make your community better and your community, your internal community? What can you do to make your family better? And even when you don't have family and being the, even being the head of a family as a single mom or married mom or dad or, you know, married couple, even in that form of family. The best way to make things better is to make yourself better. You know, the song said, respect yourself and um, do your best to enlighten, broaden your, enlighten yourself and broaden your intellect uh, in, in your health, your mental health. And, and we don't need drugs to do it. <laughs> We don't need drugs to do it because I'm getting ready to share here. What about these drugs, huh? What about these drugs? You can't use drugs to make yourself better. And I'm saying calming yourself down. Alcohol, it doesn't work. It, it's, it's also a drug. But I want to share what 
this uh, what these drugs are here. Let's look at um, let's look at this. Now this is marijuana. Now this is actually on the drugabuse.gov. It's a drugabuse.gov publication. And on this website, it talks about what marijuana is. And what is marijuana? Marijuana refers to the dried leaves, flowers, stems, and seeds from the cannabis stavia or cannabis indica plant. The plant contains the mind-altering chemical THC and other similar compounds. Extracts are also made from the cannabis plant. Uh, marijuana is the most commonly used addictive drug after tobacco and alcohol. Its use is widespread among young people. In 2018, more than 11.8 young adults use marijuana in the past year, according to the Monitoring the Future Survey. So according to this survey, it's 11.8 million young adults. Uh, the rates of past year marijuana use among middle and high school students have remained steady. But the number of teens in the 8th and 10th grades who say they used it daily has increased. Okay, with the growing popularity of vaping devices, teens have started vaping THC the ingredient in mar uh, marijuana that produces the high, with nearly 4% of 12th graders saying they vape THC daily. In addition to the number of young people who believe regular marijuana use is risky, is decreasing. Okay, so it's an addictive drug. All right, now they've legalized, they call it uh, recreational marijuana to where it's legal. So it's legal to, um, to have, and they can say med mer mer medical marijuana, whatever, but this is an addictive drug that they have legalized. And uh, people can say whatever they want to say, but I know what marijuana does, uh, what it will do, it, it makes you not care. Mm -hmm. There has to be some type of side effect of it, or you wouldn't use it. You drink more water. Right. You if Coca-Cola or the caffeinated drinks uh, didn't have the caffeine in it, if coffee, you know, was uh, didn't have the camp caffeine in it, then it wouldn't be the stimulant. And you, you know, you just drink water. There has to be something about the drug that's attractive. Right. Or the reason why people do it. Well, uh, it makes you not care. It makes you have that. Um, that euphoric attitude, you know, oh, I, I don't care. Everything's cool, bruh. Uh, legalization of marijuana for medical use or adult recreational use is a growing in uh, it, use in a growing number of states may affect these views. Um, so, you know, the thing about it is that uh, marijuana is addictive. It's an addictive drug. And just like uh, tobacco or alcohol is addictive, the thing about marijuana is that it makes you not care. Mm, so you can't not care and then think you're going to pick up and care. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. You know, it makes you, oh, yeah, dude, everything is cool. You know, it just makes you just euphoric. 
you know, uh, you know, I understand that there's uh, things that go on in a day, but but what about just uh, exercising? That's something. A uh, hot cup of tea, uh, healthy, healthy, fresh salad. I don't know. Things that can calm you uh, and a warm or, you know, bath that's comforting, a spying, uh, music that is soothing. You know, um, certain candles are very just calming. So those are things that you can do to calm yourself after a rough day, uh, after the challenge of having to provide for yourself and raise kids and everything, you know, maybe looking forward to that, that me time after the kids are in bed or whatever, even, even helping others can, can be a blessing to where that will make you feel better right? But you don't have to use the drugs because it's, it, it doesn't do any good. It makes things worse. Alcohol makes things worse. Tobacco makes things worse because it'll catch up with you. People die of lung cancer and all other kinds of cancers and things that go wrong uh, because of the different things that are in the tobacco plant. So I would say uh, stay away from the marijuana. Hmm. So you have that, uh, now, the thing about um, another drug, and this is the drug that was popular, that is popular in the Mitchell's um, Plain Township in South Africa. The other drug that uh, people are using is the methamphetamine, the meth, crystal meth. Oh, my goodness. You know, and... <sighs> I don't know. It's not going to help, guys. It's just not going to help. It's not going to help. Yeah, crystal meth. What is it? What should you know? And this is from the WebMD.com. And, you know, you go out there and find all kinds of things on, at WebMD. But what is it? Crystal meth is the common name for crystal methamphetamine, a strong and highly addictive drug that affects the central nervous system. There is no legal use for it. No legal use. So you want something to affect your your central nervous system? Yeah, it's an addictive drug. That's what it says. It comes in clear crystal chunks or shiny blue white rocks called ice or glass. It's a popular party drug. Usually users smoke crystal meth with a small glass pipe, but they may also swallow it, snort it, or inject it into a vein. People say that they have a quick rush of euphoria shortly after using it, but it's dangerous. It can damage your body and cause severe psychological problems. It fries your brain. It really does. Now, I didn't say that here, but it fries your brain. And they showed that on some commercials there. And it, it's no joke. Me methamphetamine is a man-made stimulant that's, been, that's uh, been around for a long time. So during World War II, soldiers were given meth to keep them awake. How sad. Um you know, but what, what do you do out there? But this is, this is history of why that methamphetamine is out there. It's a stimulant. All right. People have taken it to lose weight or and ease depression. Well, let's just say guys, it doesn't work. Nope. No, it doesn't. Uh, you don't want to use methamphetamine, uh, meth, crystal meth, um, 
oh man, I've seen pictures, images of people that were on crystal meth that were on it. And what happens to them? They just, you just, it just goes down and goes down. You know, your health, your, your lifestyle, you can't function. It goes down, you know, um, you don't want that. You want to, you want to stay as natural and as healthy as you can. You know, you, you just want to, that's what you want. It, you know, because I'm saying natural and healthy as you can, because the older you get because of certain foods and things that we eat as a habit, you know, you're going to high blood pressure is coming. Diabetes is coming. Yes. So eat fresh, healthy uh fruits and vegetables yes salads oh my goodness i had the most wonderful salad today and i'm not plugging subway but i i i just don't want the gluten you know i noticed that that i'm gluten intolerant i don't tolerate gluten right that's bread and things like that so i'm not eating sandwiches it may be because as a kid i ate sandwiches but i think it's also what what this wheat is it's not the same food that we used to eat because i'm quite a bit older we had the for real food right you're talking about the amber waves of grain huh that that wheat was tall you could get lost in it not anymore huh that that corn was tall you could get lost in it not anymore it's it's genetically modified uh, this food is most of it and uh, what you do you'll need to shop if you can for fresh fruits and vegetables and things that um, I, I can't eat the gluten so anyway I, I went and uh, I got this wonderful salad <laughs> at the subway now I like my uh, meatball subs I used to like meatball subs I don't know anybody like meatball subs out there but I used to really enjoy those and what I found out is that you can actually get a salad. So everything, instead of put them putting on it on a bun, they would just put it in a bowl. And man, I tell you, that was the most delicious salad. I got me a meatball sub, meatball salad that was just, just delicious. Mm. Good, good eating, good for me. Yes. All righty. So, uh, you know, just think of that um, when you're thinking about things to to do, things to to have, um, do your best. Now, to help, I do want to give a suggestion for, and this is a strong suggestion because uh, we do want to provide solutions, right? We already know what the problems are. I live every day. Everyone's got problems. I know what the problems are. But the tough thing, you know, because we're not sensationalists. I'm not a sensationalist. I'm not a shock jock. And I think that when you uh, communicate with people and when you listen to people that uh, are worth, those who are worth listening to, to me, are the ones that provide solutions, right? So uh, if you are, if you are addicted to drugs, hmm? There is a number that you could call. It's the National Helpline. National Helpline. Now, it's the SAMHSA, S-A-M, 
HSA, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And it has, um, it, it has help assistance information in English and Spanish, which is so important because, you know, we do have a significant Spanish speaking population. And that's another thing too, guys, you know, yes, people are here in America and yes, the international language in business is English. Everybody is working most or learning to English to do business. But why not? Why not learn some Spanish? You know, uh, learning Spanish, that's something that you could do as a hobby. And of course, even on jobs nowadays for Spanish speaking brothers and sisters, you know, even on jobs nowadays, they prefer there's opportunities where the preference is for people who are bilingual. Yeah, so it's not a bad thing. But uh, here, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Health, National Helpline, and it's showing it's listed here as 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. And if you need help, you have issues with uh, any type of drug, or you can find treatments for alcohol, tobacco, uh, other drugs. You know, sometimes people have chemical imbalances in their brain that are that are really physical uh, chemical imbalances, right? It's a disability. It's something that's happening, but it can be helped by medication, right? So some people go out and do drugs to try to self-medicate. Well, uh, I don't think that that's a good idea either, you know, because, oh, well, uh, weed is natural. You know, I hear all the stories, but it, it could be considered even a hallucinogen. It's not, uh, it's not um, something that um, is a good idea. They say that it's addictive. You know, some people say, hey, I can put it down anytime. I think that it is addictive. I do. Well, the uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration will help you with, uh, you can get help find treatment for alcohol, tobacco, other drugs, behavioral health treatment and services. So you can find location. Also, it has disaster distress help. So if you're in a disaster zone, I, you know, I've, what's been going on with the fires out there? A lot's been happening. So you can, and even if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling overwhelmed to where you just, you're wanting to check out, you, you just want to end it. There's help. Call that number 1-800-662-4357. It says that it can also help National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, opioid treatment. Now, you know, I will say, now that's kind of crazy. One thing about this opioid treatment, uh, opioids are affecting other communities besides African-American communities. And it has, uh, it's getting big attention and they're suing the drug companies uh, for the 
the addictive and devastation that it's caused in the communities that are non-African American, uh, non, you know, uh, communities that are not of color. Well, uh, come on, if you're going to do it for the opioid folks, come on, let's do it for the other. Seems like the other, when there was the crack epidemic, it was three strikes program. Folks were sent to prison and, you know, you were just addicted to drugs. You weren't getting help. So come on, you know, we want to, we want to be fair and we want to help as many people as we can. Right. And uh, allow for opportunities to where we can bless ourselves. It's okay. It's okay to read a good book. I always say hmm, it's okay to read a good book. Um, even if it's not one here that, um, yeah, it's challenging, hard to read, you know, you can read, read a good book, uh, be a blessing to yourself and take time to bless yourself, eat healthy, stay away from the fried foods. I don't care how delicious they are. If you got to do something, saute them in olive oil, something like that, you know, get, get creative. You know, we, we used to eat very healthy, even the food that we did have. Uh, what we consider soul food. Stay away from the pork best you can. Now, let that bacon calls every now and then. But the pork is just not, it's not good for you. Plus the nitrates and things that they put in these, in the food, the hot dogs and stuff like that. You know, do your best to, to do what you can. And uh, eat within portion controls. I think that's helped me. These are things that I'm sharing that helps me. And hopefully it'll help someone else. Uh, but stay away from the drugs. If you need help, call that helpline, 1-800-662-4357. Yeah, and make a better life for yourself and for your kids. Hey, good evening, Sister Risa Singleton. Good evening. Yeah, I'm glad you joined. Yeah, be a blessing. Be a blessing to yourself so that you can uh, be uh, a blessing to your group. And then see what we were talking about. Blessing to your group. And then you can institutional hmm, group power, institutional power, the impact of institutionalized power. And then you can build the wealth within your communities. That's important. That's, wh that's where we need to head because the black dollar, it doesn't circulate one time in the black community. All these predominantly black communities, these no-go no zones and different black communities, even the community east of Troost, it doesn't circulate in the black community one time, not once. Mm -hmm. They get it, people get their money and they have to take that money outside their communities to spend so that they can get what they need and that's not empowerment so we look at our communities where the businesses are not there or they're having to uh, get grants uh, we've talked about that that was to me foolishness you know i'm going to get get a grant to where i can uh take and someone gave me the money so now I can go hire somebody where that's not how it is in business you should be able to raise the money through selling your good or your service that's what it's all about but we're going to be encouraged and hang in there 
And I want you to please know that. Please know that, that we are um, to be encouraged. Yeah, be encouraged and hang in there. And if the Lord says the same, we'll see you next time. Justice. 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 Justice.